Okay. I have to turn off all these other things, you know. Hello, Mia. Hello. Hi. Are you having, are you having a hot cacao just like Vera? <laughs> no, I'm just green tea this morning. It's morning. Vera admitted that she was having hot cocoa on another chat platform, but I happened to capture that. But see, they have a really good reason. Can you guys, can you guys explain your reason? You two sorceresses over there. The reason for having cacao? You want me to give a reason to have cacao? <laughs> That's one possible response. Now I'd like to give you another chance. I, I didn't hear that, can you repeat? I said, that is indeed one possible response. I would like to open the door to you having another, another response. This cacao is hand grinded by the local, the people from this aldea, this village that we are in the middle of the jungle in uh, Yucatan Peninsula. And it's, it's, it's grounded with such love and care. And it only has cacao and water. So no sugar, no other things added to it. And it's, it's served, it's, it, it, they took it away, but it's served in this um, kind of pumpkin, kind of pumpkin skin, dried pumpkin skin. And it's the, the traditional way of the indigenous peoples here to have the cacao. And it's a medicine. So it's for the health to, to connect with the body and to the heart. So it opens the heart. It's a, it's a cacao medicine is a medicine for the heart and for the, all five bodies, in my opinion. So I had my morning practice with cacao. Thank you. That works for me. Sarah. <laughs> Are people drinking yerba mate where you are? Is that popular there? No. Not that I've seen maybe one or two people. Okay. You have? When we were in Valladolid, one person, I saw one person having yerba mate. So I have a question for you guys. It's about, it's about in which domain have you been taking radical responsibility lately? In which domain have you been taking your authority back lately? I... Vera, 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 this question is not for you this time. Okay. We'll come back to you. I know that you could give an excellent answer for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping somebody else would take a, a risk. I'd like to go. Go ahead, Naomi. I think I can say I've been taking a lot of responsibility, like new responsibility for feeling what I feel without having like extra stories about it. 
in the sense of like, oh no, but like, I should unmix this right now and get over it or, oh, I should like, you know, be more evolved or whatever. So I just- For a second. Could you just start again, but use the phrase that I'm taking authority back for, rather than the word responsibility. It's just the word responsibility is so twisted in with kind of a burden or I'm being a good person or something. Yeah, I mean, I I, I phrased the question. Thanks. I'm taking my authority back from the idea that I need to please other people with how I deal with my feelings. And I'm taking my authority back from the idea that I need to be a good girl that has it all, you know, figured out and has it all straight and can verbalize everything perfectly in a way that other people can understand what I'm saying. And it comes with lots of anger. Wow, thank you. And I also feel some sadness, thank you. Well, I just, I'm just writing an, uh, an Spark 216 and it's about confusion and it's about um, stopping lying to ourselves that we're not angry. Like confusion is a way of lying to ourselves that we're not angry. And so what you just said, Naomi, fits right into that. So thank you for that. Somebody else, what, in what domains, Nicole? I am taking my authority back about the story of my life and the way that I have been choosing this whole time, whether it was conscious or unconscious, I have been choosing. And it's making a huge difference because I'm not in that responsible victim story so much, like weighed down by all this sadness. It's like I've let myself kind of swim to the surface of my sadness and just like play here. And thank you, Devin, for the experiment that he gave me to do in a process the other day that made it, that gave me the possibility of like switching from this sad, I have to figure that I have to heal all these emotional rocks in the bottom of the river of life. And I can't, I, and I can't have any fun until I have seen to all these rocks. And now I'm, I know that I chose, whether it was unconscious or not, matters so much less now. I chose, and these are the consequences, and I can do what I can do now. And it's my life, and I'm going to live it. Thank you. (laughs) Ah, Somebody else taking authority back in which domains? I, I would like to share that I am taking authority back around my clarity of something like what my clarity about what's happening in the house I live in, in the community I live in, and not buying in or not 
not trying to contort my clarity into like, maybe think, maybe we are in a transformational community, but really saying we're not. And if we want to be, let's do something else, but that's not what things are right now. <clears throat> and my clarity around what I want, because I really want that. And, and I will do what I can to help it happen here or go somewhere else, but I want to live in that space. Mm. Thank you for taking a stand and taking your authority back like that. You know, I just wrote the phrase in the spark that creating a transformational ruckus is probably the thing that's most needed in the world right now. So I feel glad when I'm getting to hear reports of people creating transformational ruckus or taking your authority back to create transformational ruckus for no reason at all. Somebody else and Chloe. The, late, the last experiment that I've been doing for the past uh, about three weeks, like 24th of December has been to reclaim my authority or my responsibility or my like respect or dignity to my inner silent space and uh, to have really make boundaries to reclaim it or find it or cherish it and be with it. And since two days I've been opening back the doors to holding space for emotional healing process and um, make also having calls with people and which I hadn't done for three weeks, which hadn't happened since I entered the game mode of possibility management. And now I can do it with a peace, like a silent space inside of me. And so it, it's coming from this silent space and, and, and I, and I love it and I'm having, and I'm having so much fun. Um, and I, before I was sort of getting chipped away at it and now it's like, it's what I want to do. So. Thank you. <clears throat> and Chloe. Yes. Could you say more about that, please? Which or an part? example? The silence space part. It resonated with me, and I just want to hear more about what that looked like, really. Please. I think it's been talked about a little, a few times here in this study group, and I never really could relate to this uh, empty space or this void, this thing, this thing that makes you stand in front of the fridge and look at the fridge and thinking that there's something that's gonna feed this space. And I, I did that like really a kind of a few years ago. And since I've started possibility management, I've been so filled. It's been like so nourishing and, 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 and fulfilling, like really in the sense of fulfilling. And, but it was sort of this, <gasps> I only took inhale and I didn't find a place to exhale. And, and I felt like I just exhaled for three weeks. And, and now, now there's a space that was completely <gasps> full and ecstatic and now it's empty again. And there's, and I can start, I can start over. I can start from a new place. Like, if I, you know, and also from 
the new shape of my being, like a new shape of my being. And, and I, I was hearing this, this talk from David White, um, being at the frontier of your identity, which I really recommend for anyone um, in terms of being an edge worker. And it's online at Next Culture Radio. Yeah. And, and he, he, in, in reading in passing, like in a half sentence, he says something, it's great to go on walks alone, like to go on walks and, and, and um, be alone during the day. But at some point you will, no, you notice that you can carry this empty space with you. And I thought, and I thought, that's it. And I want to carry this empty space as a, as a source, like as a, as the source of nothing from which I can create something like that. And Clay, are you willing to speak about a period of time, and I don't know how long it was, but some time in there where you mentioned to me that you feel like you lost your motivation? Can you say one what, more sentence so I can find? Yeah, well, like what that was or what, what came out of it. It was, it was, it was just a, it's a, it's a daring thing to say, especially to an mm -hmm. asshole like me, you know, that you've lost your motivation. And, it, and I mean, that could mean anything, you know, it could mean, okay, so I'm going surfing for the next year, or I'm going to take a break and I'll catch you in Santiago, Chile, or whatever. So do you know what, I, yeah. do you remember saying yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. You just said you lost your motivation, and the next thing I saw, you were whiz banging somebody somewhere. Yeah, I. I mean, I think it's I. I've noticed it in other trainers. It's this thing of if I, maybe I don't know if that was that moment, but if I say I lost my motivation, then there's a pressure that goes off, and then I don't. Then there's no pressure, and then there's all this. Then without the pressure, there's all this creativity. That comes that comes forth, but I think it's a it's not a really useful technique to pretend to have no motivation or no time pressure or no um, necessity from outside for the creativity to come through. So, um, but how was it for you to shift from having motivation to having no motivation to then being? whatever a space or like how did how did you navigate that i think that like not that i think i i the journey that i've been before is that if i lose my motivation then i lose like what what i'm here for i lose a source of a, a sense of identity a sense of then I'm not useful. Like I shouldn't be here if I'm not motivated to create or transform or be with. And somehow that, that part also happened in the past three weeks, but something else happened. And this other thing was, it, I, it doesn't really matter if I'm motivated or not. Like motivation is actually not really a, the source of the work. And and I, maybe I've been basing, like, uh, founding my work on this idea of motivation, of like this flame burning, or yes, I need to do it, or it's, it's working, or it's useful, or which 
I could feel could also come from my swimming. Like I was a professional swimmer for 10 years and motivation was a key, a key element in being a professional swimmer. And, and after when I said I lost, I don't have motivation anymore. Again, there was this like relaxation. I could relax more and just more, it's more about being what I am like just being what I am. And, and I found a new fear and about holding space for people. And sometimes it, somehow it feels that this fear of I've started over. I've started over and I, I don't know really how to hold space. I don't, not sure how, what I'm gonna say or what. And, and today I just held a really beautiful past life process for men and there's in the past life process, there's sort of this form of how it goes. And at the end, I was just, I was just uh, inventing and um, yeah, going, going off track in, and yeah, really, really being in this space of invention. I think from this new, like inner, inner calm, inner calm, like sort of this inner calm in the storm of, of transformation. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else about some new domains where you're taking your authority back? Yeah, Naomi. I there's something I'd like to share, which would be a way of, of, of practicing taking my authority back. You can tell me if you want to make space for that now or not. Like, I well, would like to... Will you, huh? also, will you also admit what you're feeling? Fear. No, I mean, not as a concept, but admit it experientially while you're sharing with us. You know, I have my heart pounding and... I have sadness coming up yeah. and I have and I've been thinking about the possibility a lot and I've been having these feelings and I've also been angry and I've taken time to like find out what it boils down to and it's it's kind of that at this moment I've lost trust that this is a safe space to say things um it yeah i've kind of gotten the perception that the community is kind of a kind of a steam train bulldo steam train bulldozer that if you're like saying yay and amen to everything that's going on then you're on board and if you have other ideas then you're not and i understand the thing that we're learning something and then we want to like get into it but like basically things started kind of shifting for me and processing when there was this whole thing with clay. And I really, 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 really didn't like how, I think we could say that she had maybe, you know, a very um, imposing way of being in space or whatever. I wasn't there when the stuff happened, but um, I disliked the, 
lack of like trying to understand and be curious that I witnessed that I perceived in the WhatsApp chat. Have my I want to take my authority back to be curious about that, like just to be able, yeah, like. I know maybe you don't consider yourself as human, but I would like to, I would just like to know, like maybe, yeah, because I didn't want to have to do, or also other people who replied to her, like, yeah, I didn't want to have to deal with somebody who communicates like that. Maybe that's, you know, I'd, lo I'd love to just. I don't know if anybody else can hear Naomi, but I cannot hear anything right now. No. But uh, I was cut. I have, I was saying that I have been in, can you hear me now? Yes. I have been in situations with people in this community where I feel like I my sense was that we start using clarity as a way of power over which for me just is patriarchy you know patriarchy is power over you're either connected or you're powerful and then you're powerful over other people but the worst thing is that now it's disguised in the super evolved spiritual beautiful clarity thing and then you're like not accountable you know and you just shove your feedback down other people's throats and so I have been very afraid to come back to space. I've been angry and I've been like, you know, I'm <laughs> hopefully that somebody comes with challenging ideas to this space and people just condescended the fuck out of her and told her she needed to learn the maps. And I was like, come on, if possibility management is about relating, like what a fucked up job we did in relating to that person. She was trying to be in the community. Why were we being so fucking arrogant that she had to like learn to speak our way so that we could listen to her. I'm fucking angry about it. <laughs> and when, you know, when somebody comes in like, that's your gremlin, maybe that's your gremlin. Shut up and just fucking listen, you know, like where's the fucking empathy? You're not fucking superhuman. So you're never going to be in the sense that we are going to always have a shadow, you know? So just start dealing with the fact that you're never going to be perfect in that way because it's just going to turn you into a type of Nazi. And I've already been through the whole thing of like, oh, we're so perfect. We know everything. The whole world needs to be like us. We have the right vocabulary, like in the nonviolence community, you know, nonviolent communication community. And for me, it's kind of becoming the same sometimes here, you know. Oh, I'm going to be five minutes early because otherwise I'll be called irresponsible. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm going to say the feeling word. Otherwise, I'm like, no, no, I'm not being clear and everything. And that's where I also saw my part, which is like the good girl that wants to do everything right. And I'm just done with that, you know, like. <sighs> Thank you. 
I know this is, you know, what does this mean anyway? You know, you know, for me, we're in this such a, crip, a crippled medium to try to talk to each other, be with each other. We had to figure out some code words, but this means I love you for sharing stuff like that. So thank thank you. you. And I'd like to add one last thing. And that is that I really felt like, you know, her just going away and, and also another person I, and I don't know, is it possible to pause the recording for a second? Thank you. <laughs> that was a clackboard. All right. We are on page 116 in Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love, Building Love That Lasts. And it's the section called Relocate to the Adult Ego State. This is a poetry book, so you have to pick up the subtle poems that are in the book. Here we go. The adult recognizes that you cannot change what happened to you. It happened exactly how it happened. It happened in the past, so you cannot change what happened, but you can change your relationship to what happened. This is such a powerful thing. You can't change what happened to you, but you can change your relationship to what happened to you. And this is a huge amount of power. You can change this, for example, you can change the story that you subscribe to about what happened to you. You can change your subscription. That old story about the thing that happened to you is a stake in the ground that keeps you from flying. And I was just working on the flying school website today. So it's totally timely. So this thing about you can change your subscription is it's just, it sounds almost silly, but it's really important because we have this internal set of subscriptions to the stories that we have made about ourselves and the world and the people around us and what we're doing here in a place like this with people like them. We have a set of stories and those stories are, are have a slant. They have a, they're politicized. They have a, an intention, which is to sustain the strategy that we figured out to survive in those circumstances. And so we subscribe to the things that support our subscription, you know, the, the story world. And so you can change your subscription and it's a wild thing to do that. Almost nobody in the world takes a grip, like takes back their authority from the subscriptions that they made to the, their own stories about the world. It's a huge thing to do that. And nobody can do it for you and nobody can stop you from doing it. And there's, it's almost like ripping a, a boat out of one river and throwing it into another river. And the thing still floats, you know, the boat still floats because it's water and it's a river, but it's in a different country. 
different customs and traditions and has different rules and different, everything is different, although it still floats in the river. And that's what it's, that's what we can do. We have the power to do that. And we are doing it unconsciously all the time in the reverse. Like we are fighting these giant forces of evolution from the universe to make, to stay in the same old fucking river that we've been in for so many decades. We fight to deny options and deny new choices and block doorways and cut off possible connections that would take us a bridge over to somewhere else. We are, we are committed like warriors and warrioresses to block the evolution that's possible and being offered to us. And all, you know, it's the same technology that we're using to keep things the same. You back off a little bit, used it the other way, and you're in a completely different flow. So that's why you can change your subscription is such a powerful possibility. So I just wanted to highlight that little sentence. So the old story that you have about the thing that happened to you is a stake in the ground that keeps you from flying. And I, I, think, you, I think you know this story about elephants, that when you, know, when you capture an elephant or you take it as a baby, you take a baby, the only way you can train an elephant is take it as a baby and put a stake in the ground and tie a, a rope to his leg. And at the, as a baby, he's not strong enough to pull the stake out of the ground. So he's there for years. And as soon as he feels a little tension on his leg, he stops. And then after a couple of years, you don't even have to put a stake in the ground. You just have the rope around his leg and wrap it around anything. And as soon as he feels the tension on his leg, he stops because he makes the assumption that that's the limitations of his rope or that he has no power to break the rope anymore or pull the stake out. Or, and, and it works on elephants. Fortunately, you're not an elephant. So you have the possibility to recognize your power to change your subscription, pull the stake out, put it in the ground somewhere else, or pull the stake out, cut the rope and have no stake. I mean, and this is what flying school is about. It's about the possibility of being an agent, an agent that is, has a free attention and a free commitment rather than being committed to sustaining the same world that you've been sustaining for all that time. So this is, this is we're entering the extraordinary world of the adult ego state and it goes like this. This is how it goes. You have this power. So you can cut the rope to the stake. You can stop giving the old story your energy and attention. And you, you know, so it goes over and over and over again and you can let what happened to you be what happened to you, a memory. It is a memory. The only place that thing has power is in your memory. And it's like watching the same, you know, Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, you know, Dick and Dolph movie over and over and over again, the same one over and over again. That's what a memory is. You don't have to do that. Of course, you can do it. Now, I'm, there are plenty of people in the world watching those movies over and over again. Then you don't get to watch next movies or even make movies. And possibility management is about making movies, making new movies. So then 
when you when you stop giving the old story your energy and attention or your attention and therefore your energy and let it be what it is simply a memory then you can get on with your life and you can put your energy into creating what really matters to you now what really matters to you now this is a big question you know if we went to a real school that would have been the question every day what really matters to you now? That would have been the question. It would have been a central theme of, of coming together. And, that's, and really that's what we're doing here. It's like, what really matters to you now? What do you want? What don't you want? What are you creating? That's, that's the core of this whole thing. Anchoring yourself into the short now moment of the adult ego state creates a startlingly clear perspective. All of a sudden, a lot of extraneous psycho-emotional baggage from the child ego state drifts effortlessly away from you. It is possible to graciously let this baggage go. So that's like what we did at the end of the last study group. We, we bunched all that stuff up into a ball, compact little ball, and dropped it into the river of time. And tick, 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 it could drift back into the past. Did, did anybody notice that it felt different after you did that at the last meeting? Did anybody notice any difference after letting that stuff go back? Anybody? Okay, a couple people. All right. So all of those memories and conclusions and stories and et cetera, et cetera, are only one of your possible identities. In that case, we're talking about your child identity. You know, this happened to me, therefore, blah, blah, blah. When you affirm that you are no longer a child, you let your child identity go back to where it belongs in the past. And you step into your adult identity. Sentimental nostalgia only interferes with the enjoyable lightness of being that characterizes the adult state. Could you guys still hear me? I got a signal. Okay, I'll just say it again. <clears throat> Sentimental nostalgia, you know, the child stuff, memories from the past, they interfere with the enjoyable lightness of being that characterizes the adult state. There is a difference between reflecting on memories from time to time and indulging in memories to try to relive them. It's like a lot of us have these, an imperative, there's some kind of imperative to kind of beat ourselves up. It's like to relive a past experience and then beat ourselves up about it in some way. I should have done this, I could have done that. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't this happen? Why was it like that? What made it like that? How did I create like all this? Does anybody have that thing going on? Okay, so 
what that does is it hammers us. It's like coffin nails. You know, you hammer yourself into this coffin and the coffin is this, it's like a rut. I mean, the only difference between a rut and a grave is their length. That's the, so it's the same kind of thing. You hammer yourself into this pattern that existed before and then you, and you, and you spend your time and energy hammering yourself back into the pattern so that you can spend your time and energy hammering yourself back into the pattern. So we have this amazing mental capacity and amazing versatility and to keep using it over and over for the same thing, it starts to get questionable. And I think the only reason we do it is that we did not have initiatory processes into adulthood. So the stuff we're starting to talk about is our authentic adulthood initiatory processes. So to stop putting in those nails that into the top of the coffin that keep you repeating the same nostalgic self, self, what do you call it? Self decimating stories about yourself, you know, to stop doing that is an adulthood initiatory process. So memories are memories. You can experience memories in the present, but what happened in your memories is in the past. So you get that the memory happens in real time. The actual replay of the thing is happening in real time, but but the thing that got recorded is not in real time. It's ancient history. And so it, it, it can, you can play it and just and listen to it, and, but you don't have to try to get yourself into it along those lines. And Chloe has uploaded a couple more talk tapes from ancient history back in the 1990s onto Next Culture Radio. And one of the one of the things she told me that she likes about doing that is to hear the tapes when I didn't, I did not have possibility management distinctions in vocabulary. So this is why it's important for you guys to record yourself now, I think, is so that people who come in your wake, you know, who follow you, your path, who come along the path that you build for people, that they notice that you were not always enlightened like whatever, however you want to say it. You know, they did not have the tremendous clarity that they encounter in you at that time, but, they, but you evolved, you emerged, you grew. And so you can hear in those tapes from before the, the fogginess or the sloppiness, but the dedication, like the commitment and the fervor is there, but there's no, there's, I'm like paddling on nothing. It's like, I don't know if you ever saw a dog trying to swim in water when you hold them out of the water. They're still going like this, but there's no water. So it was kind of like that. And so, and Chloe, did you want to make any comment about that? Anyway, they're available at Next Culture Radio. Good. So whatever happened back then that you can see in your memory, whatever happened back then, good or bad, however you want to call it, cannot happen now because you're not the same, the thing is not the same. It cannot happen now. Only what is happening now can happen now. And we can only change what is happening now, now. The adult ego state includes only now. And so this thing, you know, we have this survival strategy, this box that we invented to survive in a certain environment. And it worked because we all survived. So. The question is, I mean, are we willing to let us ourselves 
crawl into circumstances in which our previous survival strategy does not function. You know, this is scary. And if, you, if, you, if it's not okay for you to be afraid, you cannot do it. So that's why the feelings work is so important. If, if you, you know what I mean? It's like you have this survival strategy. It works in a certain circumstance. The, the technology of the gremlin and the box is to find life circumstances that keep duplicating what happened in the past. Find some guy to represent your dad and do the same old shit to you that your dad did. And then your box knows how to survive because it feels comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. Your mom, whatever. Duplicate your previous circumstances. You are guaranteed of surviving. There is something beyond surviving. So, so that what that requires is putting yourself in situations in which you cannot survive. You are not assured of survival. And that requires invention. That requires creating. That requires um, not knowing. It requires using resources that you did not have before that are inside of yourself and outside of yourself that you can jack into in the adult ego state for living your life. And we'll be going into those things about what those resources are. But in the adult ego state, you don't get to, you don't get to be, have guaranteed survival. This is like, you know, in kindergarten, you have guaranteed survival, okay? They tell you when to take a nap. They give you a little milk to drink now and then. They, you know, read you stories. Okay, that's kindergarten, okay? This time is over. This time is over. You, there are people trying to stay in kindergarten. That's not you. Kindergarten time is over. Okay, let it die. Let it go in the past. You know, every want, now and then you- I want to yeah. share something. Okay, I want, then I want to share when you were just reading about staying in the adult and changing being as an adult and change whatever you want to change in your now there came the story up I want to share which is the other day like two days ago Vera and I we were living in this apartment very close to here and we wanted to have breakfast and there was no salt there was no salt. And so Vera said to me, go, go ask the owner for salt. And my whole system freaked out. It's like, I don't want to go and hold the salt. I don't want to go there because it's a bad person and I'm going to be killed if I go and ask for salt. And I was in this total freak out about getting the salt. And while I was freaking out, I just slammed the door and went downstairs and did it. And so there was this part of me who decided to still go downstairs in, in the fear of being killed by the man if I ask him for the salt. And I was not killed. And I got the salt. I went back upstairs and shared with Vera what just happened. And I had this huge fear asking for salt. And in the end, we had eggs with salt. <laughs> Oh man, so you had the fear of being assaulted. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, so that part you're talking about, Sophia Magdalena, that part, that little, that part that had 50.1%, 50 just a little enough to move your feet and move your hands while the rest of your box was freaking out, that's the game we're in now. It's all of us are in that game. 
We're in the game of putting ourselves in circumstances in which there is no guaranteed survival. We're afraid of being assaulted and it's possible and, but we've learned to use our anger to say no and stop and that's not okay. Or we've learned to use our archetypal lineage to make a distinction or ask a nonlinear question or to, to pull the rug out or there's so many other tools that we have. So cool, thank you. So, so it, what I'm saying in the, I'm just keeping reading, adults source responsibility. Children do not. Children source irresponsibility. That's all. The free natural child has a great time, but that great time is an illusion because the child does not clean up the mess. The responsible adult is the one who cleans up the mess. The concept of reclaiming the free and natural child ego state has been frequently misunderstood. The concept has been somehow distorted to imply that the only real freedom of expression and joy in life comes through the free natural child ego state. To finally experience freedom and fun, some people have desperately tried to drag that little guy or girl out of being abandoned in the basement of memory and then place them into the driver's seat of their lives so they can go play with the other kids and eat ice cream. The embarrassing or, or do somersaults or fly a kite or eat jelly beans or whatever. The embarrassing aspect of this distortion is that your life as an adult is an adult life, not a child's life. The child neither knows how nor wants to take responsibility for your adult life. Shirking responsibility, which means avoiding responsibility and trying to live wisely and fully through the child ego state is a choice that can be costly in terms of life decisions. Really, what man wants to have sex with a little girl? What woman is attracted and turned on when in bed with a little boy? Do not let years go by while you try to figure this out. Instead, try to grow up now, try something different. Childhood is, quote unquote, the bad old days where you're born as a functional victim and have no capacity to take responsibility. You know, your whole life depends on somebody else taking care of us. So these are the bad old days. Authentic freedom, joy, and high level fun happen through the free and natural adult ego state. So just to be clear, that phrase, the free and natural adult ego state did not come from somebody else. We invented that. So, so it's, that's how few people know about this. So uh, please share, take it with you. But the free and natural adult ego state is our home. This is where, this is where we, our anchor can be now. This is the gateway to the archetypal ego state, which we'll get to later. 
So it is the adult who can engage the world at the level of creative responsibility. The adult starts impossible, quote unquote, impossible projects and then completes them or cleans up the mess. The adult builds cities or villages, reinvents governments, changes company policies, creates organizational game worlds, explores the fringe delicacies of intimacy, originates new languages, expands ways to express inner commitments, conquers fears, authenticates visions, transforms itself, launches new products, sources religions, creates and destroys universes before breakfast and cleans up the mess. This is the adult ego state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So, you know, what if you don't experience that? What if you wake up in the morning and it feels like the, the Los Angeles tar pits, you know, and you're there with the pteranodons and the mastodons and, the, you know, sticky, full of this emotional glock that just kind of hangs, you know, what if you don't experience what I just talked about? Okay, okay, this is a map. What I just said is, this is possible. This is where we're going. This is the route. This is where we're headed. This is the, um, it's the point. It's like the adult ego state is a gateway. Once, you know, all those things I just said is the gate, is the beginning. These are all just beginnings. There's a whole domains and universe, the whole archetypal domains exist beyond that. And so, so okay, we're back to practicing again. This is about practice. So the next paragraph starts with this. It says to recap, which means to, to review. In the parent ego state, you are at the effect of other people's voices. So you do not get to be you. If you are mouthing words and feelings from someone else, you do not have your own power and intelligence. So that's the parent ego state. You should, you must, voices in your head, you have to, the rules, here, this, this whole construct, here are the constructs, live in this construct, do what I did, you know, like all this. This is the parent ego state. In the child ego state, wait, so wait, so, there's this website called Reactivity, I believe it's that one, um, where what I'm saying right now, if you want to review it later, it has a lot more details in it than what I'm saying right now. We've learned a lot since I wrote this. So there's a website called Reactivity, and it tells you, uh, and also the Ego State website, Ego State website, also has uh, more details than what I'm telling you. So, you know, once you're in the adult ego state, I mean, sorry, excuse me. When you detect that you are in the parent ego state, shoot the voices. This is what we were talking about before. Life will change after you shoot the voices. You know, if you're in the, okay, if you are in the child ego state, you are hooked into the past. So you do not get to be in the present. 
Also, you don't get to be yourself. The parent ego state, you don't get to be yourself. The child ego state, you don't get to be in the present. If you are entangled with trying to change things from the past that cannot be changed, you do not have your own power in the present. The place where you have your own power is and intelligence is in the present, is in the adult ego state. So the adult ego state is when you have your own voice and your own, you get to be yourself and in the present, you get to have now. This is the adult ego state. It is a key element in creating extraordinary human relationship, which is where we're going. So how do you know that you are in the adult ego state? Here is a big clue. In the adult ego state, there are essentially no words. Reality is wordless. Words come from stories or interpretations that your box makes up about what is happening. It's like this echo chamber and it is, it's an interpretive echo chamber and it feeds this stuff to you. It's like listening to the oldies but goldies songs on the radio. You've heard them before, you can sing along, it all feels really fun, you can dance, you know how it's gonna go. This is, you know, this is what the box wants, all right? This is words, stories occur in time. This is, I'm telling you stuff that has to do with magic right now. This is really magical stuff. So stories occur in time. The present moment is too small for words. The present moment is now. Now, in now, there is no time. If the present moment has no time and stories occur in time, then the present moment can have no stories. That's how you know you're in the adult ego state. It's that simple. It's very clear. There are no stories coming around. It might feel very strange at first. Do not go get a brain scan, you're fine. It's, it's not like all of a sudden your brain stopped working, it's that you finally turn the radio off. If you are involved in stories, voices in your head or words from the past or conversations with somebody else in your mind, it indicates that you are not in the present moment and therefore not in the adult ego state. It's very straightforward. Might be bad news, but it's very straightforward. Another important clarification is that the adult ego state is the gateway to the deep masculine and deep feminine archetypal structures that are hardwired into your body and waiting for you to turn on. You cannot get to the archetypal domains except through the adult ego state. This will be investigated later, but it is helpful to start thinking about it now. Additional indicators for determining if you are in the adult ego state include, first point is the adult ego state respects people for creating the exact problems they need for taking themselves through their next step in evolution. And this is a little a reflection on the conversation we were having earlier 
like people create the exact problems they need for taking themselves through their next steps in evolution and the adult ego state respects that. So if somebody's gonna whip up a problem for themselves, you gotta let them have their problem. Let them have their problem. Not doing that is called rescuing. And it's dishonorable to try to rescue somebody. You know, so you respecting make... respecting would mean to just leave that to be and not have the idea that you should change it. Yes, and you know, yes, and it isn't a rule. Yes, and we are pirates. Yes, and we are we have instructions from our archetypal lineage that give impulses for doing things that are just not fair, that are break every single rule, that go nonlinear, that you know, so there isn't a it isn't a rule about it. We don't get to hide behind, okay, well, if somebody has a problem, I don't talk to them anymore. You know, it, that's not so easy. There are all kinds of possible in circumstances in which I could imagine you fucking interfere with people. You throw, I've thrown people to the wall. You know, I've said, you know, I, I didn't have a knife, but it's like putting a knife at somebody's throat and say, you're going to do this, you know, and, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And the, the times that it has worked, those people have, have, you know, have told me that it has saved their lives. And I think, you know, what I'm talking about. And, you know, I would not say that in those times I was in my right mind. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't a nice guy. I wasn't, I wasn't respectful. I wasn't being polite. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't follow my box. It was some wild instance of transformational ruckus. And so you may, you may more often than you might think, especially when you get to the edge and especially when your archetypal lineage jacks in and you start showing up that way, you will be, you will be creating transformational ruckus once a day, possibly. So um, thank you for the question, Naomi, but it's, it, it, it isn't a rule. So somebody, adult ego state respects people for creating the exact problems they need for taking themselves through their next step in evolution and you might be in the theater piece uh, of their next step of evolution in some way. So you don't get to hide out, it's like that. And in the same way, you can respect your own problems. You know, the old, your own circumstances that you set up for yourself, you can respect them the same way and go, God, how did I, why did I do this to myself? What, what, the, what the hell is this about? You know, and then respect it and go, okay, there's something here for me. Okay, I'm going to dive into this and go for it. I'm going to I'm going to let it rip me apart because there's something there's something there for me. Thank you. So Mark said it's acknowledge and accept it as being okay is to respect. Yeah. So even that formulas like that, even those can be taken as rules, you know. And so I just you have to be careful with formulas and these little concoctions of the mind. There's so much of the world that the mind thinks it can understand and wrap itself around. In, in almost every case, it's fooling itself. Clinton? So, yeah. There's something, I think, so the, the story you just told about breaking the rule, breaking whatever rule around rescue, I just want to say this into the space that it's, it's, it's exciting to talk about the legend of breaking that kind of rule. 
but the 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 legend of the the other thing which is sitting there and and doing nothing while your internal rescuer freaks out and deciding this time I'm not going to I'm not going to rescue the person I'm not going to move is less often told and um and and frankly unacceptable in in the in the modern culture to stand by and quote do nothing while someone melts down or so I just want to name that here too because that legend is an unsung one that's freaking huge. Thank you. Yeah, and it can be really intense saying nothing and doing nothing. When, like you said, all systems are saying, hey, you, you know, you're on rescue mode or do something mode, say something mode. Yeah, making that space. Yeah, thank you. And can create yep. a lot of gremlin attacks from other people. By not, <laughs> I, by not Christine, that's what you're saying is yeah. if, if people think you should do something and you don't, and they can insult you or attack you. Yes. You're a bad person. Yeah. I, when you're in when you're in this moment of letting uh, someone be there and because you know you have this knowing or, or this 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 thing of this is how it should be right now, and then I I've, I just wanted to add this to what Evan said. Nothing more. Yeah, no, but here's an amazing I, exper experiment to try this week. Like this thing about how the adult ego state is silent, and so much of modern culture, our environment is verbally inundated. Like we're drowning in words and speaking, singing, poet, in advertisement, we're just drowning in this thing. And so a couple of times this week- something. we're just- Hold on, let me, let me say the experiment. So the experiment is be with somebody and stop talking. You know, stay connected with them, keep looking at them. And in moments when they would expect you to answer or to make a comment or to give your opinion or to participate in this blah, blah, and you just wait and enjoy this connection, enjoy being in this space and just wait. And, and, and go for quite a bit, even if they say something like, are you okay? Or why didn't you say anything? Still wait and breathe and stay in connection and, and try this. Really, it's so amazing what kind of spaces can open up when you don't play the script, when you don't do the blah, blah script. Really, please, please do this experiment several times as we just see so you can get it as a part of your life. Yeah. Good. Hold on, Sophia Magdalena. Christina, did you want to say something? I really love this experiment. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I feel sometimes like I'm drowning in words of of, yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying that.
Sophia Magdalena. So wait a second, I just wanna say something. You know, I'm playing space holder in these meetings that we have. I don't have to, you know, this is just a thing. It's a show I'm doing called space holder. I am, I, I volunteer to sacrifice myself to be the space holder of these conversations that we have once a week. I pretty much don't say stuff for the whole week long. You can ask Anne Chloe. I am not, you know, a, a radio, a news radio. Sometimes I babble, but this is a, you have a particular babble space and then that's wonderful. But then there's times it's just really nothing. And so I'm, I just want you to know that when you are space holder, you will need to speak when your box doesn't want to. And it's, it's as a space holder, you're framing up the conversation in a way that makes it safe for the conversation to occur and to keep it extraordinary or archetypal rather than letting it drift back into the unconscious blah, blah that the boxes and gremlins want it to go in for low drama and competition and you know that kind of stuff. So I just want you to know as a space holder, you will need to say things that are not natural for you to say and to speak when it's not natural for you to speak in service of the space so that it can happen. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, I have a real problem with this sometimes. Which it's are? Like, um, the adult, like when I'm in the adult ego state, so far sometimes nothing is coming. And then I feel that sometimes that something else is taking over. It must be from my, my archetypal, but sometimes, especially when I'm in women holding women's spaces and it shifts to the to gremlin time. I I I sometimes I don't find the gap. Yeah, I mean, same with me. Sometimes I don't find the gap. And if this is something that happens enough that you're talking about it, it's probably more than sometimes. And I would yeah. Suggest it's probably fear, and I would suggest you do a process about the fear that happens when you're in that kind of space. And I think something would change if you go through that process. And if you want to ask for two space holders to take you through that process, you can do it right now. Yes, I would like to ask for a process around my fear of speaking uh, in front of groups that are in this gremlin state. Go ahead, ask. Yeah, I want to ask this team if there are two space holders for that, to do this process with me. I see Ethna, and Janet Trevino, and Leslie and Annie. That's four already. Did you write their names down? Can you repeat them? Ethna, Ethna Janet Trevino, Annie, uh, I see also Amba's hand up. And Leslie, was your hand up? Yeah, Leslie, you got it? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Along, along those lines, I'm, I'm cutting in line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting in line from Let's a second. Like she's cutting in line. <laughs> Um, there is, I'm reading this amazing book from Derek Jensen called Walk on Water, and it's full of experiments for 
Um, and I, I was thinking about that for you, Christina, because I know that you're also a teacher or you are in this environment and it's how to bring the aliveness from the students, how to bring back aliveness in classrooms with experiments and uh, writing exercises. And, but also I, I write down the exercises for myself to find this, this space of, so it's through writing, but actually he also brings a bunch of experiments that can be done in possibility teams about um, like, I don't know how to, how to be ourself again, like how to experiments, how to find experiments at the edge of who we are. Um, and it's, and it's sort of, it's really related to the work of possibility management, but he brings it in a different light. And I, I love, I really appreciate the different light. Yeah. And it's on the reading list. So it has a matrix point, has a matrix code. You can find it at Go Explore. Sophia Magdalena. Just wanted to add that I'm taking a stand for what Devin said and also Christina said that more legends about not rescuing are being told in the world. Because if Vera would have jumped in and rescued me from the salt, I wouldn't have had the chance to get the salt upstairs. And my gremlin was attacking very badly towards Vera because it was pissed off. I slammed the door, it was like really pissed off until I just slammed the door, went outside and I told my gremlin, come on, relax. And so I'm taking a stand to tell more legends about not rescuing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and a work talk. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Was, was somebody else going to say something right now? Nicole? Yeah, me. I, um, I am so grateful for this experiment because, and for this conversation, because when I was visiting with my daughter, I was doing the experiment, not consciously. And later I beat myself up for not doing more, being more, for, for just being silent, for just giving her space. And that's how deep it is in me to have this good, bad box around, around rescuing and listening. And so many things that I just go ahead and judge myself and beat myself up for when I'm actually doing something that's working. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it just stated the human condition. It's so insane, you know? I mean, God, get yourself one of those Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator 2 weapons, you know, and take those voices out. Take those voices out, really, God. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, it's really magical to offer silence in an unexpected moment because it opens up these doorways to other possibilities that are just trampled over like by a herd of buffalo going, you know, and, and, then, and then when there's silence, really the dust settles and you just see stuff that wasn't visible before and just the whole healing that can happen of people being able to say stuff where nobody made space for to listen to it before is such a gift. 
It's really such a magical thing. And that's, that's, we can learn that. That is straightforward. This is magic class 101. It's a basic tool. Create silence. Be, not, you know, be silent. Hold, hold back the voice box thing, you know, the machine, the, the, the marionette, you know, the dummy. Hold it back. Have it just sit there. But then how to do that without withdrawing? Because it's also possible to be silent and withdraw mm. and let it all happen. And, you know, well, having yourself go unnoticed and everybody continuing the script, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but when there's everybody, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a gang of, of blabbers, how do you ever say gang blabbers, if you, you know, they're not going to even notice that you didn't say anything, except maybe they think you have a headache or something. So, you know, that's a space where it doesn't really work. That then you need the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Then you come in and just bite everybody's head off. You know, it's a different tool, okay? But the, this tool works better in small groups, one or two or three people, you know, to, to bring, to let the silence work. And the thing is that I said, is you do not pull back. You are in contact, you are looking, you're being with, being with their being in the space and not doing the blah, blah thing. It's like, I don't know if you, if you go on a walk, you can do this experiment too. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but there's this experiment about what speed are you walking, for example. If you're walking with yourself or walking with somebody else, we most often walk at the speed of mind. Look at that. Oh, wow. Mm, God, oh, my. I didn't. Oh, no. Okay. Look. Whoa. What's that? Woo, who's that? Check this one out. Whoa, baby. Oh, what was I talking? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, anyway, but I'm. Nah, 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 nah. This is how we walk at the speed of mind. And, and then when you walk at the speed of mind, you're walking faster than the speed of love. You leave love behind you. It's just back there because you're it's you're walking too fast for love to happen. So you can learn to practice this week, practice walking at the speed of love. It is called sauntering. And Anne Chloe can explain sauntering. Mm -hmm. Sauntering is people used to walk to the holy land we used to walk into the holy land but and and people would ask them so them guess that that was probably french people or french um speaker people probably canadian um and they would ask where would you go and they would said to the holy land which in french it says a la santerre and so people would call them the santerreur the people who would walk to the Santé, which is the Holy Land. And so that's where it came from to, so to saunter, is to, is to walk to the Holy Land, or I would, I think now the meaning has changed, or it can be considered as to walk on the Holy Land and that every land is actually holy and to appreciate the holiness of it. And in modern culture, to saunter is almost a sin because you're being lazy. You're being unproductive. And what you need to do in modern culture is hike. 
So a lot of us, we go out there and we hike from here to there. We get from here and we hike there. And to saunter is a completely different way. John Muir, in fact, who was a saunterer, famous uh, naturalist American guy, he, he, he demanded people saunter with him. It, nobody hiked with him. He, he walked thousands of miles, but he only sauntered. And so, so you can saunter at the speed of love and that would be the experiment. And then you can also speak at the speed of love because most often we speak at the speed of mind and then there's no space for the bright principles to do their work or for doors to open up or for other, other events to occur because it's dominated by the speaking. Christina, were you gonna say something? Yeah, I have, I have a story to share to that. Um, and the story is about my family or my parents and me and um, about this hiking thing. Like we are, we are really hikers, like my family. And my father always used to, to run up the hill like very fast. And in order for me to keep up with him, I had to walk the speed of mind. Until this day when I was like 14, 15, getting older, getting longer legs, always at the end of top of the hill, I was like faster than him. Hmm. So in order to stay in con con connection with him, even to talk to, to him, my only option was to be faster. And at the same time, my mom, she couldn't walk so fast as my father. And sometimes I see it in the way like that my father like left the love behind because she was walking slow and he always complains about her, how she walks slower and he, ha he has to wait for her. And, and I was really like always in between those two. And sometimes it feels to me like they, they left their love behind because of this walking. And so, yeah, and I'm, I like walks a lot, but not in the speed they walk. Thank you. <clears throat> things, I just want to say these things are, are so simple. They sound so simple, but they're so profound, Christine, just like you said, it's so profound and it undermines the whole uh, quality that's possible. And so thank you for saying it. And even more importantly, I thank you for trying these experiments and even explaining to people what you're doing. Oftentimes when I'm walking with people, I say, look, I would like to walk with you at the speed of love. Are you willing to walk at that speed? And it's a shock for them because they never did it before in their life. But please do the experiments. Felix, Please, um, Clinton, could you spell this word, Santa? Yes. S. Oh, yeah, and Chloe's writing it. A-U-N-T-E-R. S-A-U-N-T-E-R. She wrote it there. Yeah, cool. Nice to see you, Felix. <laughs> Great. 
Anybody else saying something right now? This is, yeah. Anna Harrison, are you really there? Maybe not. Okay. Phyllis, were you going to say something? Okay. Zika, were you going to say something? Okay. All right. Good. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to read some more characteristics of the adult ego state. So the first one was to respect people creating the exact problems they need for taking themselves through their next step in evolution. Another characteristic is the adult ego state lets other people have their own problems and takes responsibility for their own self-generated problems. So not blaming other people for, for your problems like that. It's called problem ownership. And uh, that was originated by Dr. Thomas Gordon in the Parent Effectiveness Training, which is a, he wrote a great book called Parent Effectiveness Training. And he, he talks about that in there, but it's an incredible, powerful distinction to determine whose problem it is and let other people have their problems and just be amazed and just, and let them have them and then take ownership of your own problems and not try to have everybody solve your problem because you're the one who created it. So guess who can stop creating it? So the third, the third adult ego state characteristic is does not rescue, persecute, or play victim. And that last one is huge. I mean, anyone playing low drama in any of the roles is not in the adult ego state. It's really in the gremlin ego state, which is a, an ego state that Eric Byrne from transactional analysis did not identify or specify, but exists. And so you can tell if somebody's in the gremlin ego state is easy because they're, they're either doing rescuing or persecuting and even playing victim. <clears throat> and again, like, like Christina, like you said, to not believe someone's victim story is socially a faux pas, which is French for meaning a mistake. It's, um, you know, it's like socially unacceptable to not bow down and kneel before somebody's victim story. I've been victimized. And then you're supposed to kneel down and, and go, oh, and do whatever you can to rescue them. So the adult ego state just doesn't do that. It's going, God, that's an incredibly complex and sophisticated and very heart, heart bending victim story you told me. I appreciate that. I'll put it in my next novel like that. You know, so it's just let them, you know, don't, don't buy into the story. And another adult ego state characteristic is about, well, it's a series of them. <clears throat> it's essentially staying in first position of a possibilitator. So it says the adult ego state keeps your center, puts your energetic center on your physical center and grounding cord and bubble, 
is not hookable. <clears throat> so there's a whole website and this thing is really worth doing every single experiment in the unhook, it's called become unhookable. And, it, and if, you, if you are hookable, you, every time you get hooked, just come up. You are no longer in the adult ego state, you're hooked. So become unhookable is, this is something to practice over and over again in your possibility teams or any teams that you come together in is, is do the unhookable experiments over and over. And also stay present. So become present is another amazing website with another hundred experiments in it called become present. Will you put that one on there too, Anne Chloe? And uh, makes contact, you know, making contact with people, paying attention, paying attention to your attention, holding space and conscious listening and conscious speaking with genius. So the genius is actually a beginning influence of an archetypal thing called bright principles. So, but this is the adult ego state. If you're not in the adult ego state, if you're not in these condition, if you're not unhookable and in the present and centered and paying attention to your attention, holding the space, if you're not holding the space, you're not in the adult ego state. You can consciously be in a space and hold the space when somebody else is holding the space. And as long as you have the same purpose, there's no conflict of purpose. So many times I've held spaces for speakers, uh, presenters, trainers, uh, online and offline. I've been holding space so that the whole, so that it's a, a more held space than they were running because they, they were not holding the space very consciously. And so I could help hold the space. You can do the same thing. A lot of you are amazing space holders. Almost everyone here is helping to hold this space all the time. I so much appreciate how much you guys are helping to hold this space. It's so wonderful to be in here with you. So thank you for doing that. So these conditions create extraordinary human relationship. The rest of this chapter unfolds these ideas. A short sample communication between the adult ego state and other ego states follows. So this is a different thing we're gonna enter. Is there anybody else, anybody wanna say anything right now? Any questions or comments? Because we're about to enter a new, a new thing right here. Just for, I like being able to explain things to other people because then I really understand it. Would you be willing to give some examples of how we are holding the space together with you? What are we doing or what are we not doing? Thank you. If there's a term I, I have used, I don't know if you've been around dogs that are not housebroken. And so I don't know if you know what I mean, but dogs who are not housebroken, they chew the furniture, they pee on the, the walls, they bite uh, uh, people, they chew on, they chew shoes, they scratch the door, <clears throat> they're barking. Um, they're basically wanting to be the center of attention and uh, be out of their own control. It's a kind of like being a dog. They scratch fleas and ticks and run after sticks 
and the moon can make them howl. This is what dogs are. And, it, and this, is an, this is how people are in spaces when they are not aware of what they're aware of, when they're not aware of what the purpose is, when they're not committed to their purpose, to a conscious purpose. So you guys are committed to a conscious purpose. You guys have attention on your own attention to watch where your attention goes. You know, I know this is a screen and you guys are all over the world, but you know, when people sit there and um, I don't know, eat, eat, talk to other people, you know, like this, you know, like all these things, if you're, if you're in any kind of a space where people are doing that, it's, it's a lot more difficult to hold the space because their gremlin essentially is undermining the held nature of the space. You guys are not doing that. Every single one of you is paying attention to what's happening in the whole space and helping me hold that space for everybody else, not for yourself. You're doing it so that we can have this space together. And it makes a very high quality of attention space. You are doing that together. So I could, I could go on for about an hour and a half about what, how to hold space, how you guys are holding space, how to destroy space, how to navigate space. This is a big thing. So um, I'm not gonna do it right now, but it's, a, it's an important and valuable and cool thing. So but Naomi, was that okay for right now? Okay. But I would love it if you guys, some of you guys gave some work talks and, and helped uh, train, train people up in, in holding and navigating space. Um, <clears throat> there's another there's another skill that you have to have, which is about paying attention to your attention. What what um, like where is your attention going? Because where your attention goes, your energy flows. And when, if you don't know where your attention is and what the purpose is, then you don't know what you're creating. And so to get a hold of your attention, you have to actually look at with another part of attention, you have to split off a piece of your attention and watch what you're doing with the other part of your attention so that you can navigate what you're doing with your attention. And then all of a sudden, you know what everybody else is doing with their attention. And then you can, you can ask, you can inquire, what's your purpose? What's going on for you? What's, what's upsetting you? Where, what's your, where are you going with that? You can kind of bring, uh, bring the team together and weave it together. So it's navigating space. So this is a, a, this is a wonderful, I love this stuff. This is magic stuff. This is, this is a huge, big thing. I mean, and Chloe, your next book after the one you're writing should be about holding and navigating space. I mean, come on. I mean, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> anyway, a lot of a lot of work needs to be done to share this knowledge and these skills with other people. It is so natural for human beings to be able to hold and create and navigate spaces of incredible diversity and full of different possibilities. And we are not trained in this at all. We are not trained in it. We're trained the opposite. We're trained in command and control. Which is the this is the opposite. It, it's the kind of thing you do to crush people's uh, um, the resource that people are to crush the individual resources and the team resources that people are is to do this thing that happens in a classroom, where the teacher just 
dominates and controls every everybody's and you get used to that you just submit that's why i hate it on these forms in the on the websites when they say submit please submit i go fuck you you know <laughs> i'm not submitting to nobody so please if you have submit on your website you know in terms of a message or form like that change it into something like harbigar or something different from submit anyway we're trained to submit our attention, our energy, our reason. We're just trained to be, you know, uh, mud in the in the space. And we and we're we have this ability, like now, to be these vibrant, uh, resourceful mm, collaborators in a space, a collaborating team in a space. We're this is what we're we're capable of, and it just. Uh, it reflects on the work that you've done on yourself before coming to this study group that, that we're able to have this kind of a study group. So, and it's because of what you've learned already before. So I appreciate that development. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, so I hope we get to go there uh, other times. Okay. We have about 15 minutes left. Let me just read this last part. <clears throat> it, I think it, uh, it goes back to a map. There's a map in the book that just shows the parent, adult, ego, child states of one person, parent, adult, child, you know, and whatever gremlin ego states of another person, and then they're facing each other. And then one ego state can talk to another ego state. So for example, I'll just read the example here. It says, the parent addresses the adult. So you have the parent ego state addressing the adult. <clears throat> uh, just to be clear, the we've decided in a number of groups ago, that we're skipping the 6.30 dropout point and just going two hours. So yes, the time has been redefined for the group. The parent addresses the adult saying, so this would be a good example. You know, we're supposed to end at 6.30 and have a, you know, or at 7.30 and have, and anybody can leave who wants to, and then it's a, a chat room after that. That's how it's supposed to be. So that would be the parent ego state talking to the adult ego state, which was Clinton saying, uh, yes, maybe you didn't know it, but um, a couple months ago, we redefined the meeting to be just a two-hour meeting and people can come and go when they need to, but it's no longer specified. So that was the adult speaking. <clears throat> in the example in the book, it says, parent addressing adult. Well, I don't like this. There's too many freedoms for the children these days, don't you think? And your Johnny certainly is going to pay for his little attitude problem when it comes time for him to get a job. Everybody knows what happens around your dining table at night. And the adult responds back to the parent. What I hear you say is that you don't like this. Like that, that was the parent speaking back to the adult. Unhookable, not hooked, not giving the center way, paying attention, staying connected, listening, and mirroring back. I heard you say you don't like this. Or it could be the child addressing the adult, something like, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know how to do this. It's all so confusing. What should I do next? Is this right? 
Why can't they make things simpler? This is impossible for me. I'm too tired. It's too hard for me. I can't do it. And the adult says to the child, you don't know how to do this. And that's it. It's a completion loop. It's just, I heard what you said. I'm not buying your twist. Um, is this what you're trying to tell me? I'm trying to check with you. You're telling me you don't know how to do this. So an adult addressing and responding to an adult says, hello. And the other adult says, hello. In any case, there's further explanations of adult communication in a different, in a later section. So we'll be getting more into that. Cool. We have made it to page 119 in a, in a section called 6C, yes, called Extraordinary Human Love. Extraordinary Human Love. God, we are finally getting there. So remember, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we first shifted from the ordinary to extraordinary space? It was obtuse. There was stumbling blocks. There were some, there was this grip on the ordinary that people, we were, some of us were holding on to, I could feel it in this space. And we were, we were dug in to the ordinary space. Like it wasn't enough. It's not finished. Like I'm not healed. There's problems still or whatever. It's like the, how can you go into extraordinary when, when I don't, when I still feel like a, a, a demon hunter, I don't know. Like I feel like some kind of, plug in this toilet system so and and um this week and last week it's been really different you guys have, have somehow been willing to roll into the extraordinary times and it's this is this is going to be amazing times these are amazing times all right well i have 10 minutes so does anybody have anything or am i just going to dive in here i wanted to share um, a radical responsibility experiment I'm doing. Um, it's taking from another game world in some way, but and I haven't heard it here. So I see clients who come with all sorts of problems, um, issues. And I thought that maybe I could try when they come with something that's either physical or emotional, checking with myself and taking responsibility for it in me. And there's a client that has really tight hips. Like he goes to PT, he does all this like massage, all these things. And I thought, you know, for this session, I'm gonna lie on top of you and my, tips are, my hips are tight. And I'm gonna pray um, a certain prayer and I'm gonna release my hips. <laughs> like just take, like, take it as this is my problem. This is, it's me, it's um, even maybe as far as going like, the reason you have this is because it's me, I did it. I did it to you. I did it to, you know, everyone who comes to me with tight hips, it's because it's my issue. And, um, and I started to do the mantras and right away, like my hip, like I just felt this like, like just like I was holding, I didn't even realize I was holding all of it. Um, and then he did his breathing stuff. And I just, I'm curious, but just, I'm starting with, you know, just in these small containers, but I'm super curious how much of everything that's out there in the world, it's because it's, I, I created it, I did it. 
and um, clearing it in me, what that, what that can do for everybody. So it's just, I'm playing, I don't know. I have something that I want to ask everyone here, and I feel fear to ask that. It's feel it's a bit dangerous for me to ask. And the purpose of this is I'm thinking about starting a, an asshole club. I know that uh, Sofia Magdalena had that idea also independently. And so my question is, uh, I have the the bad boy box, like the gangster, the, the gangster box, survival box. And I was wondering if if any, and, and that's that's what that's my primary box. And I, I would say that's my primary survival strategy for my box. And I was wondering if anyone here has it in in number one or number two. Um, Actually, now I, under, I realize that it's for my research. So I'm researching that for myself. So if anyone here have uh, that box in number one or two primary survival strategies? And if yes, please raise your hand. Thank you. That helped me a lot to for my research to understand things. Alrighty then. <clears throat> There's a website out there called Worthing Healers. And it's, if, I don't know who I'm talking to about this, but somebody needs to hear about this. And it has to do with uh, this idea that mm, there's ways that human beings can connect to each other in immediate, like in no time. And the distance between beings doesn't uh, affect the time. And so the likelihood that human beings will ever figure out faster than life travel is not very great. But the possibility of connecting with beings of other planets is possible. And because we're doing it with each other ongoingly, we're just unaware of it. And so there are you can experiment to detect that uh, there are planets basically or populations on planets where people have lived their lives in a, in a way that they're taken care of where they are and so they help other people in the same kind of way Janet was talking about in terms of healing other people and they make their healing uh, energies available to anyone who wants to access them. 
and there it explains all this on the website. It's called Worthing Healers, and I can type it out, or somebody could type it out. But it's uh, the point of it is is that the the attention of the healers is available and it needs to be directed. Like it, they're not going to come to you to heal you. Uh, but essentially you have to ask, you have to connect with them and request their attention. And that's, and then their free, their healing attention, their healing free attention is accessible, then you can access it, but they won't do it for you. You have to call upon it. And so in um, you can experiment with that because it's sort of not lawful. It doesn't really function. Like there's a way that the mechanics, I'm sure you have stories of this where you, you or somebody has for somebody else done something um, to uh, do everything you can so that people's behavior changes, so that they ha could have a better life, so that there more love happens, so that um, so that. And Chloe, could you type in the Worthing Healers for everybody, or did you do it already? Thanks. Uh, so that their life is better. And so it almost works for a while. While you are holding tight space on that person, their box and their gremlin, their life starts showing up better. For example, my mother used to have this kind of arthritis and she had diabetes and she went to, the, she found this kind of handsome young doctor in Los Angeles and she started going to this guy and he put her on this little exercise and this little, so she was there every week. She was going to visit this guy and she, her diet changed stopped eating so much, you know, butter on, on donuts. I don't know what she was eating, but it was like a lot of not, not great stuff. And so her diet changed and her hands started to move, her joints freed up, she lost weight, she was feeling really vibrant. And then this doctor moved to San Francisco and she couldn't hold the, the regimen herself. She couldn't hold the, the state of herself. And within a month, she was back to even worse than she was before. So I'm sure you've had that happen where you, you know, you've been with people and, and you've been holding space for them or wishing for them and you hold it and then and they can't hold it themselves. And when you stop, then it falls away. So there's a kind of lawfulness about um, if you cannot ask for what you need in terms of a healing thing, then it won't really, it's not stable. You have to be able to call it in or call upon it, call it to you and say, this is what I want. This is what I need. And, and then when you've prepared yourself to do that, then there's more in you to hold that possibility. But if, if you're given a possibility that you don't have, for example, the matrix to hold, you won't be able to hold it. And then even though you might get a taste of it, it'll you know, fall away. And in a way, training spaces are like that. In a way, the expand the box training or the labs are kind of like that. But the, what's great about the labs and the trainings is the groups that happen afterwards is, is like these teams form up where people practice. And in these practice teams, 
that's my team, the regular once a week possibility team where you do these nano experiments and you just keep doing them. And no matter they don't work or it doesn't work, but you keep going to the teams and go through the processes and then stuff unfolds and it unfolds at the right time when you can hold it. So there's this whole kind of lawfulness about the transformation and healing stuff that it's good to be aware of. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work without you working it. Like you can't, you know, the, I don't know. I, I just wanted to say that, that there's a lawfulness to this whole thing at the same. And so in possibility management, we're trained to the energetic tools and awarenesses to have access to all this stuff. And if you're stuck in a, a low drama with somebody, forget it. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. You need to actually do your homework and be able to stay in the adult ego state before you have your attention and can direct it and allow this energy exchange and flow and stuff like that. So it's worth doing the, the ordinary world um, healing and transformation work in order to get into the extraordinary. And that's my opinion. So I'm glad we're all here together doing this. Anything else before we head off into an amazing week of experiments and transformations? I'd like to share something. Okay. Oh my God, okay. I can feel my box freaking out. So I'm just gonna talk through it. Um, there is an experiment that I am running with people in my house right now uh, that I feel really, really excited about. Um, there's been this stagnation in the culture of our house recently. And yesterday I proposed uh, that a way to attempt to fix this or at least look it in the eye is to, oh my God, determine the ways that we are not committing to each other and not committing to each other's commitments. And I pose the challenge that everyone uh, receive reflection and feedback on the ways that we are not committing to each other and not committing to the space. And then choosing one, choosing the hardest one and committing to it for a week. And over the course of this call, um, I also asked everyone to declare it in our house chat, um, declare what they were committing to as a way to hold themselves accountable. And just in the course of this call, uh, someone posted on there and it was something very big and seems like it's gonna be very meaningful in this person's life. And I felt so much joy seeing that. And I am so, so excited to see what happens as a result of this. Mm, thank you, Ethna. Thank you all for contributing. Thank you for taking risks and playing full out. See you next week. Bye-bye.